Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. We haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon Negaduck's Vegas Vacation, where he learns to leer, loiter, and loathe his way into getting his funk back. Uh, presumably. Because I have not read this comic. Uh, but Ange has. And she's here to tell us all about it. And by it, of course, we mean the Dynamite Comics Megaduck number one. Public Enemy number one. Uh, no, no, number two. He's always number two. First, we just need to take a moment and acknowledge the fact that we are sitting here in the year 2023 covering a Negaduck comic. I never thought it possible. Bask in the stank of it all. I feel like we should be like we should light some truly foul smelling scented candles. <laughs> you know, like the man candles that just smell like boiled leather and eggs. <laughs> Skulls. Whatever those smell like. like. Called like five o'clock shadow or something absurd. I'm just gonna light a cigarette, like a piece of incense, and just let it burn. That it that's his incense when he when he wants to relax he just lights some cigarettes and hangs them around. <laughs> he does. And then he probably like curls up with a nice like garbage bag that's ripped up like instead of a blanket he just like wraps himself in that and then just drinks like a mug of sewer water or something and <laughs> all cozy. Do you think Negaduck would read his own comic? He would, but I think he would, you know, rip it to shreds if it wasn't to his standards. He'd have to write his own comic, probably, to be pleased with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think Negaduck wrote this comic? Uh, it's hard to tell at this point because the story just started. It kicks off and uh, I guess you'll see what I mean by, you know, how he's represented in the comic. Okay. So it's hard to say. It's hard to say at this point, but I would say like if Negaduck wrote it, it would just be like him appearing and like murdering Darkwing on the spot and that's it. Everybody's happy. The end. It's just like when two little kids are playing and like just like two brothers or siblings and they're just like, oh, and you're dead. Oh, and you're standing in lava. Oh, and you're dead. It's just like, oh, and then you got run over by a truck. That's the Negaduck comic. It's just... <laughs> Darkwing dying uh, on every page. Okay, so that we're not getting that, but I am interested to hear uh, all of your thoughts and what happens in this one. So take it away in your own time, my dear. Alright, so we are talking about Negaduck issue number one, which actually does have a comic title, which is Gold Feather, written by Jeff Parker, who... I looked him up after I read this because some of it was making me think of Spider-Man. And I will explain okay. why, like, when we get to it. I was like, this kind of reminds me of how Spider-Man talks. And then it, I looked him up and, like, he's written Spider-Man comics and other superhero type comics. So kind of makes sense. Your Spidey sense was tingling. Yes. The artist is Ciro Cangialozzi. I hope I said that right. Yeah, nailed it. 
Nailed it. Just own it. <laughs> Letterer Jeff Eckleberry. The cover artist was Joshua Middleton, who I really like the cover for this one. That's the one that I showed you where he's standing on the street, brandishing his hand threateningly as leaves blow in the background with newspapers. Yes, he looks uh, about to start cackling. It makes me wonder, too, if there was something in his hand and they're just like, you can't have him holding that. And so he's just kind of like, I've got little <laughs> hand motions happening now. Maybe ah! a bomb, like a ch- one of those like round bombs, perhaps. <laughs> I know you said bomb, but I heard bong. And I mean, he's, <laughs> kind of, he's just like, you want a hit of this kid? <laughs> That was part of his incense routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe like in his aerobotherapies. <laughs> it part is a very its... nice cover. <laughs> it is. Like, it's not too, like, Uncanny Valley realistic, but it still has, like, a really cool shading technique that looks, I don't know, somewhere very, in between. Yeah very, yeah. very dynamic lighting. Yeah, it looks great. So... Great, great cover, uh, and I like the art, but we'll get into that as I show you pictures. Yay. So we're going to start out with a beautiful picnic in St. Canard in Median Park. It's a beautiful spring day, if we do say, says, I don't know, a narrator of some sort. So uh, there's these two dog face characters, a guy and a girl, and they're just getting ready to sit down and eat. And the guy remarks that he can hear the girl's stomach rumbling already. And she's like, "Uh, that's not my stomach. And then a giant mole shaped drill bit machine just pops out of the ground and starts attacking them. Sounds like a picnic. Sounds like a picnic. So they start running away saying, oh no, it's an earthquake in a puff of purple smoke. It's not an earthquake. It's a threat far more dangerous. That's right, St. Canard. And then the people point at him and they're like, it's Negaduck, the evil opposite of Darkwing Duck. And Negaduck immediately corrects them and says, Darkwing is the ridiculous opposite of me. But yes, Negaduck is back. No high security supermax prison can hold me for long, especially when I'm given workshop privileges. Silly warden. Fools. So he wasn't in Vegas this time. He was just in prison. <laughs> he gets around. Well, I mean, the Veg- I mean, the prison could have been in Vegas. We don't really know. We don't. They, they, they should just chip him. <laughs> Maybe they have. Whatever. Whatever prison he's in, he just keeps gnawing it off. (laughs) He's also gnawing at this picnic basket. He's basically Yogi. He's taking their picnic basket and he's decided to uh, critique their choice in sandwiches, which is apparently peanut butter and relish. Wasn't there just... Oh, it was the episode we just watched where Darkwing was all about the relish. The bush root one. What is with real? Man, they did their research. <laughs> Launchpad made those sandwiches. Also, uh, I have to say that also in common with Yogi Bear, Negaduck <laughs> likes to hang around and give people boo boos. <laughs> <laughs> boo! 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 
<laughs> All right, so peanut butter and relish, yes, disgusting. But he doesn't like it? He throws it away and says, this city is worse with every return. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but a peanut butter and relish sandwich sounds perfectly repulsive, so I feel like he would like it. Maybe. He might just want to, like, I don't know, critique them to be mean and, like, throw away their food. Because then that's it true. would be... He's wasting the food that way, otherwise... He's Gordon yeah. Ramsing his way through their picnic basket. Exactly. And uh, he also explains that he, the warden and everybody in the prison was checking to make sure he wasn't building a drilling machine when he had workshop privileges, but they overlooked the fact that he built a giant robo-mole. So that is what the mole-shaped machine is. Oh... So he hid the... Oh, gotcha. I was imagining that this may have just been like Moliarty and the negative would just came in and sucker punched him and be like, this isn't about you. Well, hold that thought, oh. Kitty. Hold that thought. So <laughs> Negaduck steps down and he says, things need to change around here and fast. First, I'll go to one of my secret lairs, catch up on the news in this universe, and then I'll craft a crime. Like this town has never seen. And then he sees a statue of Darkwing, which I think is like continuity from the Dynamite comics. And I think you've seen this in the previews, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he runs up. He he sees the silhouette and he thinks it's Darkwing dropping in. And he says, he says, no fair. I haven't even had five minutes to. And then he realizes it's a statue. And he's like. A stupid statue. What a waste of city funds. That should be a statue of me. I guess it could be if you could change the words on the base. And then the base has the weirdest. uh, I don't even know what this is. It just says, did you know, since the installation of this statue, crime has dropped 6% simply by reminding criminals about Darkwing Duck. Uh, bullshit, (coughs) bullshit. So I don't know if Negaduck is saying that crime has dropped because of Negaduck. I don't yeah, really I know. He's saying that he's, he's. I think he's just saying that if you like take the inscription off, it could just be a statue of him because him and Darkwing are identical. That's true. And the only thing that identifies that statue as being Darkwing is the inscription. And uh, you know what, Darkwing carved that himself. He has no, it's completely unfounded. Crime has skyrocketed, and the vandalism on that statue happens daily. I want to show you this derpy looking little bird that is like sitting on the statue. I j- I'm only just noticing it, and it's just, I find it funny. It makes me laugh. I need to see him. Show me the baby. I'll show you the bird. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh shit, that nigga duck. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Minecraft animal. He is popping his eyes out. So, Negaduck. Ah, there's even more birds on the next page, so I'm going to have to show you those too. So he's shouting at the statue, demanding to know why Darkwing would ever get a statue, and argues that it's pretty damn easy to defend the city. He doesn't say damn easy. I'm, I'm paraphrasing Negaduck here. But he climbs up and he says, you just sleep all day and then hit the streets at night to see what's wrong. Try coming up with a plan to attack the city and then having to enact it. 
sail against the wind. That's the real challenge. And then a small child with a plushie walks past and says, hello. And he's like, ugh, a kid. I have had that sentiment a few times myself. (laughs) Oh, a child. Yes, hello, child. Well, this child is annoying because he asks, he says to Negaduck, why are you yelling at that statue, mister? He has like a child. I never yell at my straffies. I hate it. It's like the little lost bunnies. Well, what's the matter, mister? You yelling and, at your statue. And then Negaduck's response is very odd. He just says, well, uh, you see, lad. And I don't know why, but Negadek calling a child lad is just like, I was talking about this with my friend, friend of the podcast, Inc. Where, like, he kind of sounds like a British man. Well, little, little chap, I must tell you. (laughs) And then he kicks a can. Oh, it's the tin can. He kicks it. And storms away and says, I don't have time to explain myself to disarmingly cute children. I have cities to conquer. Worlds! And the child happily waves goodbye to him. I'm surprised he didn't rip the head off that toy. Yeah, he, he went really easy on that kid. He did. That lad, if you will. <laughs> that lad. Oh, right, I gotta show you the little birds. I'm now noticing these birds are, like, appearing on, like, every page of this comic for some reason. And I think it's great. I hope they like, continue to. Negative should have just like put a whole bunch of bird seed on Darkwing's statue as he walked away. Just uh, make sure that he, when he comes back, it's just completely covered in bird poop. These birds are having a time. They're like, we have just figured out we could fly. Oh, oh shit. It's great. It's so, later that night in Nega Lair 26, which, in my opinion, is one of the best layers he's ever had. Now, it's not listed as a hamburger hippo, but it is a giant hippo statue holding up a burger, and the burger is a restaurant that I guess is abandoned, and he is uh, like, inside like the abandoned... type deal. Yes. I don't know what that is, but yes. You, you've seen Austin Powers? Uh, a long time ago. Wait, I'm just gonna look up the big boy. Because that's what Dr. Evil's in. And he gets like, you know, he's cryogenically frozen and a big boy. This is a very long explanation. Um, big boy. Kind of creepy looking. Not gonna lie. The big boy. Oh! That is literally, I think, what it's a parody of. Exactly. There you go. Yep. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, so it's a big boy hippo burger. Hang on, I gotta... Alright. Dropping this page in for you. <laughs> yep, there he is. Oh, and it kind of... He's got a... Yeah, he doesn't look like our hamburger hippo. He's a little Peter Potamus looking. But he has, like, the whole overall thing going on. Yep. I will not read anything that's on this page. Okay. Well... I'm glad we solved that mystery, but I do like that it was a hippo. That was a good choice because it makes me think, even though it's not stated as such, I want to believe it's a hamburger hippo location. I I mean, and if time has, you know, if they have modernized this, then maybe this is what the hamburger hippos in St. Canard look like in 2023. Quite possibly, even though it's abandoned. Well, 
Not all of them succeed. It's a great spot. He says that it's easily the worst of his secret lairs, but I think it's fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it's the only one he could find the keys to, which means that he holds on to the keys and preciously unlocks the doors to get into each hideout, which I don't know why I thoroughly enjoy that. (laughs) Just imagine Negadek with a giant key ring being like, nope, not this one. Nope, 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 nope. He's digging through a pile of, what do you call them? Invention sketch? What do you call it? Like sketches? Blueprints. Blueprints, That's the word. He's digging through a chest of blueprints, noting that it's dusty and he needs some henchmen to clean up the place. But then he remembers he promised himself no more henchmen. Working with others is always my downfall, which sounds like some form of foreshadowing, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. He's looking through the blueprints, knock whole town out with sleepy pellets, eh, giant mind control machine, no, already did that, why did I save this? And then inspiration hits, and he's like, ah, that's it, okay, the ideas are coming to me, the biggest crime spree of all time begins tomorrow, and the birds are back, and they're watching him. (laughs) Oh, they are, (laughs) look at them down there. All right, so... The next day we see, uh, I'm pretty sure I've showed you this when they were showing the previews because it was Negaduck with the rocket propeller. Jetpack. Yeah, Yeah, the (laughs) jetpack. And he jetpacks out of the giant burger and is saying, look out, St. Canard, it's time for crime. And uh, actually, this was the image I used as the cover for, I think it was when we covered Time and Punishment maybe, that I, just to confuse everybody, I took the picture of Negaduck <laughs> with the jetpack and made that the cover, because uh, we were talking about that in that issue. Mm-hmm. And we hear it, Sleepless in St. Canard. We know what we're about. Yeah, and Callie, I can hear you screaming your head off right oh. outside my door. You can't hear her probably, but I can, and so will the microphone. I heard her a little bit, yeah. She's screaming. Well, she got quiet once I said her name. <clears throat> so Negaduck is being pretty thorough, which I will say I always saw him as being kind of like Darkwing in the sense that they're both kind of geeky when it comes to like the way in which they approach doing stuff. So he's mm-hmm. like, I'll analyze the wind currents and air pressure and calculate the perfect place to release my weather-based threat. So he's got this jetpack on and he's got a remote And I guess he's going to create some kind of weather-based threat, which apparently is a massive storm cloud engineered to release not rain, but food. No one's ever thought of that. Mm. Except for the cloudy with the chance of meatballs guy. Flint Lockwood! It's a great movie. Um, Alright, so he's going to make it cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Gotcha. He's going to solve world hunger if he's not careful. Yeah, depending on what food he chooses. But he never gets the chance because a giant blimp pulls up and he says, someone's already implementing a variation of my plan. And it is someone you mentioned earlier, Kitty, it is Professor Moliarty. Yeah. What are you doing in this guy? So Moliarty with his little mole minions is saying that, uh, St. Canard thought it had climate problems before, but wait until they're deluged with my healthy hail. 
So he's going to throw out some tofu and kombucha to test their resolve, and then he'll flood the streets with kale and quinoa. Yeah. That sounds messy. It does, and I guess all that healthy food is going to horrify everybody. I'm horrified. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, hamburger hippos in St. Canard, so I guess they don't particularly eat eat well. Um, I uh, admittedly don't really remember too much about Moliarty. Is Does this seem like in his wheelhouse as far as... Well... Sort of. So in the next page, he he does his evil monologuing and he says, they say they want this stuff, but never in doses like this. Once they flee the city, we underground dwellers will move in. So, okay. originally it was, I remember his MO being that, as I remember him, he was pissed that they were all stuck underground and he thought that they should have the overworld to themselves yeah, so he was going to block out the sun, if I recall correctly, and then all the moles would be able... Because I guess they can't... When the moles go out in the day, it hurts their eyes, so mm, they can't go yeah. out. So the idea was that he was going to block out the sun, and then they could all move up and take over. Okay. So now he's just going to, you know, rain vegan food and hope for the best. Yes. Okay. Got it. Knowing St. Canard, that might actually work. Yeah. Potentially. Goslin would somehow make it, like, figure out a way to make it profitable. Mm-hmm. She would. What's interesting about this page is I feel like I'm going insane, but I know this was a thing. So when they first showed a pre, they showed like a preview of this page, and it, there's Negaduck, and he's peering into the airship where Moliarty is talking to his minions. But I swear to God, in the preview, it was Tuscarini's penguins. And I went back and I was like, okay, let's see where I... I must have saved the preview pages or I must have posted them somewhere. And I can't find them anywhere. Uh Uh-oh. But I'm telling you, they were originally Tuscarini's penguins and then I'm guessing somebody, an editor or something, caught it and was like, no, change those to mole people. Those, that's not his running crew. Sleepless and St. Canard listeners, if you also saw the penguins, please write <laughs> the <Phantom> in. Phantom penguins. <laughs> please write in and validate me. <laughs> <laughs> and hasn't slept in weeks. Living up to our, our motto, our slogan. <laughs> she sees penguins everywhere she goes. I'm telling you, they were penguins. <laughs> I believe. But they're not. It's not out of the realm of reality that, you know, they drew penguins and then someone was like, oh, no, you got to change those to mole people. And the artist was like, I'm going to change it for mole people for stupid duck comics. Who's even going to notice us? Interestingly, the moles are very penguin shaped. So I feel like it didn't take a whole lot. <laughs> just slapped a layer on top of him and he's grumbling. The oh, turn you into a stupid bull, you fucking penguin bastard. Let me show wow, you. Piece of shit. I want to show you the mole people. I feel like they could. It's kind of clever, though, because like they still look like mole people, but I could see how they might have been you may have a problem (laughs) i see penguins everywhere i look even underneath the skin of moles 
There they are. Um, I don't. They just look like moles to me. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I swear, <laughs> I'm gaslighting myself. Oh no! Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We'll get through this together. Oh, they could be penguins. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move onwards. So Negaduck rips yeah. apart his blueprints and says, "What dumb luck! Now I look like a copy duck." Ironic too. Building a robo mole took up all my planning time and allowed another mole to get there first. Hey. And then he jetpacks away and says, I have a backup plan, an even better one. I know a way to turn the region's harmless insect life into a creeping terror. The wild areas at the edge of the city are full of the bugs I need. I'll use a lab to concoct an enlarging serum and lead them on a monstrous march. And, and then he sees something and he says, what's that? And it's your favorite villain ever, Kitty. Oh, I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be the Bugmeister. But I'm uh, just by the delight in your voice, it's, it's definitely Lilliput. <laughs> I think you mean the bug master. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, real quick before we move on to this, and since I'm looking at no, <laughs> what? Uh, looking at him, <laughs> send me pictures of this little creep. Um. Negadex goggles are absurdly um, small. Like I know, cover. they're like like swim goggles, like the big like clunky ones. Yes, and they cover maybe like a quarter of his eyes because his eyes are so big. It's delightful. It, it's great. I love it. And all his items have like unnecessary spikes on them. I think that's great too. It's on brand. Yeah, there he is. Your favorite villain. Lilliput. Yeah, 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 yeah. Negaduck's reaction to seeing Lilliput is a lot like mine. (laughs) He's just ripping his blueprints to shreds. Saying he forgot all about that guy. You wish you could. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you wish you could. We all do. So Lilliput has already taken all these giant insects and he's on his way to invade St. Canard. And Negadek's like, I've got to think harder. These B-listers shouldn't be coming up with the same plan as me and definitely not before me, which is true. Unless uh, his uh, abandoned warehouses full of blueprints have been, you know, stolen by these other villains and they're just using his plans. That would be interesting twist, actually. Also, I like the implication that, like, all these villains are doing these things on the same day, like, within yeah. a few minutes of each other. So I assume Darkwing is off screen just handling this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not nightfall yet, so they have to at least get a few good, you know, minutes of mayhem in. Yeah, so next, we see Negaduck sitting at, I guess, a picnic table with his blueprints, and he's got a mug of coffee. I assume it's coffee. Looks like coffee. And he's working on his next idea. And he says, okay, that's good. Ah, that would work. Ah, yes, this. I love it when a plan comes together. And we see the blueprint where he's drawn himself as huge and muscular as I expected (laughs) him to. Mm -hmm, And and he's saying the water level in the river is at an all-time high. So this plan is perfect. At night, I pump the reservoirs out into the freeways 
The city is helpless, but not me, because I'll use a deep-sea rescue submarine suit at the Ocean Institute and go anywhere I want. Which is very, like, dramatic, and therefore, yeah, I could see him. Mm-hmm. Very I unnecessary. interject, uh, what he is drinking is a mug of uh, warmed-up dirt. Okay, well, there is dirt all around him, so... Let's see. Oh, yes, he's a very beefy negadek in his little drawings. He's also a pretty good uh, artist, as we know. He's a pretty decent artist, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he was an excellent sculptor, so it's only to be... Oh, oh, and I see Hammerhead Hannigan sneaking up on him in that first one there. Oh, yes. Shoom, thum, thum, I hear. Coming up behind Negadek at the bottom there, too. I just noticed that Negadek drew, like, really good perspective, too, on his drawing. (laughs) (laughs) He dedicates a lot of time and energy to his plans. I did say he was a renaissance man. I did argue that (laughs) at one point. (laughs) So he's he's planning away while Hammerhead Hannigan is just in the bushes creeping on him. (laughs) As, As one does. But then something interrupts Negaduck because he says he's going to ransom the city to drain the water. But first, and then he hears something. And it's none other than the fearsome four who have already started flooding the city. And Bushroot <laughs> is surfing on a lily pad. Crackerjack oh. is on a giant rubber duck. Liquidator is, I guess, surfing on himself, technically, like a big wave. And mm. Megavolt is in this cute little, like, diver suit. Okay. It's actually, I really like this from, image. I'm getting uh, wet. Yeah, here, I'll show it to you, because it's actually really delightful. It's like a full page. They all look quite good in it. Oh, yeah, Megavolt's got, uh, like, a Mysterio bowl on his head. Cute. Oh, I like the Liquidator, too. They all look so good. Yeah, they look great, and they're just, they're having a great time out here. They're just gonna surf on everything and see how yeah, much cash... Liquidator. <laughs> Liquidator looks like really cool. I like him. Mean, he doesn't look he he you know like hardly looks like the liquidator, but he's all kind of like scrunched down and like <laughs> as he's surfing. I like it. Yeah, it's great. And Negadex just in the background like uh, huh? so Liquidator says it's clearance day in Saint Canard. Which part do we flood first, fiends? It's time to make Mega Millions with Megavolt's armor. And Megavolt says, it's just a test, Liquidator, but my subsuit is working perfectly. And Quackerjack says, just for practice, let's see how much cash from the bank we can carry on Bushroot's lily pads. And Bushroot is all, a lot, Quackerjack, and I can gum up the path behind us with seaweed. So it sounds like they're actually, they're cooking. They're getting getting along. They've got a rhythm going. As you know, I feel like we all kind of knew already that they would be a, a much more coherent team if not for their merciless leader. Exactly. And of course, Negaduck, he kicks a what I think is a ball. It could be an orange, but I'm going to say it's a... Oh, it's a ball that bounces towards him. He kicks it and he says... Getting beat to the punch by the others was bad enough, but this, this really stings. Not that those four will get far without my superior guidance, but still, I used to be so full of brilliant criminal ideas. Original ones, too, really caught the world off guard. He's just not happy. Or Negaduck. 
not living his best life. He's not having the time of his life. Poor Negaduck. Yeah, and Hammerhead Hannigan is just still peeping on him in the bushes. What is up with this guy? I kind of want it not to ever be mentioned, but I'm sure it's going. There's going to be something just Hammerhead just super infatuated with Negaduck watching him. Well, what's even weirder is that uh, the other two, uh, Hoof and Mouth. Hoof and Mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. they pull up in the car and they say, what are you doing? Bulba put out the word to get down to the docks. He's ready to go. And Negaduck literally just sees him leaving because, like, they're being really loud about it. So he was, like, sneakily spying on Negaduck, but then is, like, not making any, like, secret that he's there. Mm. As I will show you. Oh, I... Mm. Negaduck's got orange eyelids in that bottom one. I don't care for that. <laughs> Hammerhead. Just watching Negaduck play kickball with himself. <laughs> and he's like, alright, I'm out. Yeah, Negaduck's just like, oh, okay. The plot thickens. So they screech away in their car, and Negaduck runs after and says, those are Taurus Bulba's men. So he's back in town, too. Sounds like he's got something big going on. He was always the craftiest evil mind around, after me, of course. Wonder what his game is. And then that creepy child just shows up. I felt like we hadn't seen the last of him. I don't understand why he's here. I feel like there's... I, I'm convinced this child is like going to turn out to be some kind of gremlin demon because I don't know why he's here. Is he like a, a duck kid? Show him to me. I want to see the he's like a He's like a bear of some sort. And he literally just... Ju- he just pops up like behind Negaduck from out of nowhere, which... I don't know what is up with this. I don't know if it's like an actual plot relevant thing. But it just it seems like it's too relevant. Also, I think he's wearing Wreck-It Ralph's outfit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it looks like he's got like an Oswald bunny and a little twiddle. Be careful. He sounds dangerous to me. Oh, Negaduck's goggles somewhat fit his eyes now. <laughs> miracle of indignation. Okay, yeah, he's just like a cute little bear boy. And then he wishes him luck for some reason. He's like, good luck. Yeah, because he's just a sweet little child. I don't trust him. There's something up with that mm. kid. But Negaduck decides that he needs to go find out what's going on with Taurus Balba because it's probably something interesting. And he would be correct. Negaduck, I like this. He jetpacks in, and somehow nobody hears him coming in on his giant jetpack, which he refers to as stealth mode. (laughs) But I guess technically it worked because nobody detected him. No. All spade a spade. Also, it's kind of nice to actually see the warehouse in St. Canard. I feel like we've used it so often in stories and role plays. And here it is. Or it will be when so, I show you the picture. So Taurus Bulba's at the warehouse? Yes, so he followed uh, Hoof Mouth and What's-His-Face, Hammerhead. Hammerhead. Yeah. To the warehouse on his jetpack, very quietly. Yep. As one does. The quietest of all modes of tra- transportation. So he sneaks up to the roof, and he creeps in and notices that Bulba's built a new airship, and... He heads on in just in time to see the guys all gathering at a table. So he's going to eavesdrop and find out what the deal is. 
And very specifically, he says to himself slash thought bubbles, I'm just in time to hear the good stuff. Well, the bad stuff, bad good. I'll show you that one as well, because I just find it funny that he's like, I'm so stealthy. <laughs> he's just marching in, jetpack and cooling he's... in a corner. Very nice. Look at him go. Hopping around on boxes. Exactly. So Taurus Bulba has appeared. And he's about to tell all the guys their plan. And is he Taurus or is he the, the Steerminator? He's the Steerminator. Okay. So, consistency. That's good. So, minions are all like, yeah, you're looking real good. What's the plan? Are you going to run for mayor? And Taurus is like... Don't think so small. Taurus thinks big. I have done much reading, yeah. I learned ancient secrets and mysteries about real power, so I funded an archaeologist to find a new treasure in a very old place. Dr. Kidna, tell my team what you have learned in your travels. And then we see this. He looks like a platypus, but Kidna makes me think of a Kidna, mm -hmm. like Knuckles. I will show you a picture and you can decide for yourself what species this creature is. What a species this monstrosity is. It's just that little bear boy with like a fake nose. He is bear boy sized. Ah! Yeah, uh, well, yeah, he's got the, the platypus tail. So. And I, yeah, like the beaver tail thing. In the same pose as Taurus Bulba. <laughs> as, as, you know, the steerminator. Copying him. Yeah. So the doctor takes them through this little story. Even you who are not known for reading must have heard the legend of King Midas. And one of the guys is like, oh, he was the guy who could toin anything he touched into gold. And Dr. Kina says, yeah, and confirms that actually it isn't a myth. He was real. And they're all like, ooh. And then he goes to another slide. Because I guess even in present day, they still use slideshows. Although I like to think yep. it's a PowerPoint slide. It's got like some sweet like transition animations where it's just like stars in and stars out. Yes. So he switches to the next one and it's the doctor sliding down a water slide happily. And he's like, oops, those are my vacation pictures. Not those ones. Hammerhead Hannigan asks if maybe King Midas was a mutant of some sort. And the doctor says, no, he had an enchanted gauntlet made by wizards and blacksmiths from a strange metal. So kind of like a Thanos glove. But it's also like, don't be ridiculous. He wasn't a mutant. He had a magic glove. <laughs> it's great. Continuous, he says, the metal might have been made from a meteorite. And when the king wore this, he merely had to touch an object to change it into solid gold. And then Negadek is drooling all over the boxes. He is listening intently as Balba, you know, lines it all out. And he says, no more risking our lives because we find this glove and we can just change like a pile of old bricks into gold bricks. It's technically not even illegal, which is true. Not that I think Taurus would care about that, but it's true. Exactly. So Hannigan is like, oh, that's great. Where do we start? And that's when the doctor says there's a little hitch in this plan because they don't quite know where the glove is. It was buried with King Midas and his tomb is on a cave on an island, 
but he doesn't know where the island is because the names on the map are like ancient names that don't match up. And he says the map sketch likely isn't accurate enough to compare to satellite photos. Negaduck is just like, you had me at grave robbing. I'm in, you bastards. He really is. We're getting a little bit of exposition as uh, Hannigan points out that there's a jillion islands with a zillion caves in that area. And Bulba says the names are ancient. We need someone who knows the old names and what they are called now. Someone who knows the history of magic. Wonder who that could be. Oh, oh, oh. So Negadek's been eavesdropping and he's thinking to himself that this is a very intriguing plan and if only he'd thought of it. But what does it matter if he didn't come up with it? At least it wasn't dreamed up by some knucklehead like Quackerjack. He just decided to dunk on Quackerjack for of no reason. Of course he does. Because, yeah. <laughs> Quackerjack's out there somehow would just be like, hey. Himself. His ears are ringing and he's like, Negadek out of prison again? <laughs> Negaduck continues. Is this for this po now that I look at this, it's super funny because Negaduck is thinking, like these are thought bubbles, but he's posing dramatically, like he's saying the words, <laughs> and I think that makes it even greater. I'm just imagining him like miming this all out. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm evil, who cares? In fact, what could be eviler than stealing someone else's evil plan? They can't get any further anyway. It's time for a real supervillain to take this plan to the next level. Kind of got some Jim Starling eyes going on here, too. So let me mm-hmm. whip out this page for you, because I think it's pretty funny. Going on. Yeah, he's just brought his own wind machine, too, apparently. <laughs> Thinking dastardly thoughts to himself. Still has the orange uh, under eyelid. Don't like it. Yes, it is very funny. He's having a great time thinking to himself. So he uh, concocts a plan very quickly to get this stuff out of Bulba's hands. He thinks to himself, you gents just keep standing over there by that heating vent. So when I throw these gas pellets into the air intake, and then he puts on a gas mask, but I call it his pup mask. His... <laughs> I have to show it to you. But he throws he throws the gas pellets into the air intake because they're sitting by some vents. And uh, they're continuing to discuss it. And uh, Hammerhead's like, well, we could put out the word. And Bulb is like, no, every criminal and treasure hunter in the world is going to be looking for this island. So we have to keep this secret. And then they all start getting drowsy and tired, and they're like, maybe we should take a nap. And Bulb was like, why am I so sleepy? Something is wrong. And then they all fall asleep, because sleeping gas. Got him. Got him. So Taurus Bulb is just, like, snoring. And Negadex swoops down and says, not surprised you're a snorer, Bulba. He steals, like, the, so it was like a book. With like a picture of the hand on it that the professor had. I guess it's all his research notes. So he steals it and says, excellent work, sir. I'll be taking over now. I'll be taking your handbook. And I'm noticing now as I look at it when he grabs the book from Platypus Guy, a little piece of paper is floating beneath it. So I feel like that might become relevant. Like <laughs> maybe- <laughs> Yes, that's the crucial part of the book that he needs. I suspect... And he also decides to hijack Ta- Taurus Bulba's giant airship. Good. Because he's got some traveling to do. 
They're okay. I was about to say. All oh, right, they're in the warehouse. They're not in the airship. I just imagine him like <laughs> dumping the sleeping bodies out the back. <laughs> no, they're still in the warehouse. The airship is parked. So gotcha. he hops in and says, "Ah, rudimentary, as I expected. A child could fly it." So I will show you this page with his special so special he's mask. Got, he's got, oh, okay. I was about to say. So then he gets the little bear kid to fly the. Why <laughs> the, the airship or whatever? Very special. Quite a mask. Quite a mask. Oh, and it, do, it does look like Taurus Boba's like, airship from the... Darkly Dawns? Uh, that one. I could just completely slip my mind. Yeah. It's like shaped like his head. Yeah, and it's... um, I feel like it was bigger in the show, but it's like they basically rebuilt it because it exploded in the show. Mm. So Negaduck hops in and he takes off and he says, lift off now to go find someone who can tell me exactly where I can get the Midas glove. And then the little narrative says, next, things go incredibly smoothly and according to plan. And then we see the silhouette of a familiar sorceress saying, oh, no, they don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So let me show you that. I'm very excited because the next issue is essentially just going to be issue two is just going to be Negaduck hitting on Morgana aggressively to get information out of her. Mm-hmm. She's very angu- angular in this shadowy. Yeah, oh, she's no, very. Oh, like no, they don't. Cape on and stuff. It does look she, she looks like Batman, essentially. Yeah. Yes. I'm she here does. for it. She's got that shadowy silhouette thing going on. We are always here for it. So it's the Negaduck and Morgana issue coming up next. So basically my dream issue, because it's it's my two favorite characters. <laughs> that's very exciting. So this is the end of this first one? Yes, that's the end of issue one. Gotcha. All right. That's a promise. I'm going to try to find Midas's glove. Going to go to a deadly island. I think what I find interesting is that we're used to Negaduck being the biggest threat in the story when he shows up but this time we're gonna see him and how he handles threats and i think that Mm -hmm. will be neat because he's got to go deal with morgana he's gonna have to deal with taurus balba he's gonna have to probably deal with this horrible demon child (laughs) yeah (laughs) at some point it is like the manifestation of king midas or some something probably some zombie corpse and apparently the island's supposed to be it's supposed to be kind of like a skull island type dealio Mm -hmm. where it's going to be like a deadly Mm -hmm. island so i'm curious to see how he handles all that compared to darkwing because he (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just imagine like negata hearing the the word skull island and being like oh yeah i have a home uh, vacation home there no muddlefoots not yet anyways Oh, come on, baby! You know her vacations on Skull Island. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, so this is interesting, too. We'll get to see him interact with, uh, you know, villains he doesn't normally, unless he just gasses them all, and then <laughs> he, he doesn't actually interact with Taurus Bulba, and I don't know. He's all pissed off that everybody's stealing his plans, and then <laughs> he's like, oh, yoink. Might as well in do Rome. it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a promising start. So I'm here for it. I would say uh, as a negaduckologist, <laughs> the dialogue was okay. It's not entirely 
negative. It, it doesn't have as much bite as I was. Yeah. I would expect from him as much wit. Like when the kid is bu- bugging him, I could see him saying something like, "Keep bothering me," and the next statue they'll be putting up is in memory to you, threatening a child, and then maybe ripping the head off the toy or something like that. But maybe the t- child is about to become relevant. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the child is about to become relevant. It's very ominous. <laughs> I think it should be the new tagline for our podcast. But yeah, even um, when he was spying on, you know, Taurus Bulba and everybody, and he's like, all these gents are standing by. I'm like, Negative mm, wouldn't call them gents. It would be saps. Yeah. Everybody's saps. He doesn't give any kind of honorary title to anybody. But yeah, so I, I hope that we get to see him just be a, a completely little dastardly tyke <laughs> gremlin having the, yes absolutely just a gremlin just a little murder gremlin running around and uh i guess uh well i guess negative always kind of was crafty because i'm i was gonna say i guess this negative kind of follows the rules of the dark wing of the dynamite comics where he's you know he can make his own gadgets and things if he built himself his own drill mold drill thing he was in the original he was actually more than darkwing he did a lot of invention stuff he made he made the nega blaster in malice's restaurant Mm. which was like a giant death machine and then he made that other death machine so i would say that at least is (laughs) in line with him and that's the list he made that one death machine and then another death machine and then that other death machine (laughs) and then he made an espresso machine and then he went back to death machines he can fly. I assume he built his own rat catcher. So mm-hmm. he's a little more. He does more... have a Nega launch pad. So I don't. I don't know. That's. I don't buy that. In his side of things, his Goslin and Nega launch pad. I don't think they're really that relevant in his life. I think they're more Nega launch pad is like the Muddlefoots. Like they're just kind of minions, and he's not even there like ninety percent of the time. If it was like matching up with like Darkwing and Launchpad, then Nega Launchpad would be flying stuff for him. Yes. I know, that's a yeah. Because Negaduck can absolutely fly his own jet thing. We've seen him do it. Pretty much the Darkwing. only reason that Darkwing can't is because if he could, Launchpad would have no reason to have started working for him. Yeah, it's true. And Darkwing just... <laughs> Makes Launchpad build stuff for him, like the little um, wheelchair scooter thing that he gets in uh, Bastyrminator mm-hmm. that got yes. conquered. To. Took him like nine hours to build it. But yeah, um, back to Negadek. Very, very fun. Fun start. And what I've seen of the art is very nice. Yeah, the art is great. So good job, artists and writers. Keep going. I don't know how many issues this is. I'm going to guess three or four because they've announced three. So definitely three are coming. And I haven't heard anything about a fourth yet. Uh, maybe we'll know by uh, in a couple weeks because usually they start dropping. What is it like every month? Previews will drop, I don't know, a few months from now. So. Okay. Usually these type of stories are about four issues long, but I'm just pulling that number out of my wazoo. Wow. So here you have it straight from Anch's wazoo that 
there will be an indeterminate number of Nega adventures. So let's enjoy them while we can. You know, specifically ones with Negaduck and Morgana in them. Yeah, I think it would be funny if somehow it surpassed the number of Darkwing Duck comics. I feel like that would be very on brand for Darkwing. <laughs> Second yeah. only to the Gizmoduck spinoff that comes out. That will be surely coming a full length feature film. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Good job, Negaduck. You sure did basically nothing. <laughs> you gassed Horace Bulba and his gang. Uh, no Clovis, though. I guess she she did go back to becoming a dental hygienist, and you know, a good for her. It's probably a good career move. Living her best life. All right. So that's that. Did you want? Do we rate comics? I don't think we rate the comics. Uh, I don't think we have previously. Usually, we're just we use our our vocal skills. <laughs> <laughs> so does the neg the negative factor doesn't really factor in here does it like how, how do, you, do you want to rate this as a negative factor ah that's difficult i'm gonna say like i already gave my feedback in the form of his dialogue is a little off but it's not terrible either mm-hmm. so i give it like a solid three out of three and a half out of five maybe for the dialogue and stuff like that and then the art the art, I give it a pretty good 5 out of 5. I think the art is yeah. fabulous. It is really nice. The coloring is really nice, too. It's all very keep good. On, keep on doing it, Dynamite. You're doing a dynamite job, baby. Did we already spin the wheel for our next episode? I can't remember. Oh, you betcha. It was smarter than a speeding bullet. Oh, no! I No wonder I forgot. I wanted to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a comic guy. I think it was that one. Yeah, it was. I don't think we have. I don't think we have Planet of the Capes on there. I was just like, I know that it's a comic guy one, so fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's smarter than a speeding bullet. So, we are enjoying ourselves today, but next time we will be broken husks. We should try to record next episode in comic guy voices. Ha ha! Ha ha! Until next time, remember that crime doesn't sleep in your life. I hate it. <laughs>